was just a spam call. <laughs> you ever get spam calls? Yeah, they're the worst. Podcast, a podcast exploring family life in real time. I'm your host, Ben, and with me is my beautiful wife, Elizabeth. Hey guys. And we're back. We made it back from the Big Any. The land of the Huskers. <laughs> Any Husker fans out there? Hey, look, it's cool if you are. Is it? You, you just better not have a room that's red, full of Husker everything, and a car that's red. And I just, I don't understand. So you're giving people permission that it's okay if you're a Nebraska Husker fan. But you better not have those. You better not be that much of a diehard. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we'd love to know. Um, here's some feedback. Um, should we put our kids in football? Yes or no? No, 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 no. Why yes? No, 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 no. Why yes and why no? Concussions. End of story. <laughs> She's coming down hard with a hammer. Didn't it just come out like a documentary or something about that? Concussions or something? I think it was a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> old, um, old news. Oh. <laughs> um, well, welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Um, what are you doing? I was dusting. <laughs> There's apparently dust in here. We're um, hanging out in our bedroom this morning. Kids are downstairs watching Lightning McQueen. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't get any better than that. Not much. (laughs) Um, Today we're going to talk about healing. Um, And uh, we're excited about it. We've been a little bit busy. We traveled to Nebraska, but we were able to spend some time thinking through it a little bit. Um, I think... I think it's an important thing to think through. Uh, my eyes were open to this idea, or I mean, you know, healing in some ways, I suppose. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind was <clears throat> I was sitting with a friend um, at Oddly Correct in Kansas City. Mm. If you haven't been, hit it up. Yeah, you should go. You're a coffee fan? You got it, you got to go. It's really good. Um, And I was sitting there telling him my story, because that's the first thing he asked me is, hey, tell me your story. And I sat with him for 30, 35 minutes, and I um, told him my story, I suppose, as best as I could, Um, which later he gave me the assignment of going home and writing my story out. And I, did you know I did that? Did you do it? Yeah. Uh -uh. It was hard. Hmm. It was really hard. But one of the things that I um, took away from that conversation um, was that I, I guess a realization that I had been wounded. Um, and he brought that up. And I, I actually sort of didn't believe him when he went on and on about how, like. You didn't believe him. Yeah, I didn't believe him. Um, that You came home and you were kind of offended. I remember that. Because of my pride. Yeah. Like, I'm not wounded. 
Um, but yeah, I uh, walked away from that with an, a, a new awareness, even though I was denying it, a new awareness of the fact that, you know, I, I am a wounded individual. Um, one of the books he recommended I read, which really opened up uh, our eyes to these realities, um, was Richard Plass and James Cofield's book, uh, The Relational Soul. And I'm just going to read just an introductory note on this idea. Um, so yeah, the relational soul, we'll have this as a resource in our notes for you if you want to check it out. But the writers here are, are um, um, saying here, um, we are wounded writers. It is our conviction that no one enters life ready-made for communion with God or others. Certainly, neither of us did. Much of what we have learned has come by way of much relational pain. But we have tried to be honest with ourselves and with you because we are convinced that living from a deeply relational perspective is what all of us must do if we are to thrive in life. We share what we have learned from a posture of humility and gratitude. So Richard and James in this book really bring to the table this idea that our wounds in so many ways qualify us uh, for communion with God. They, um, <clears throat> they help us. Our wound, and, and I think that bringing to surface our wounds and awareness of that, you know, they go through a lot of attachment things of our, our history and with family and how bringing those to surface is so vitally important. Mm -hmm. um, but sort of like what you were talking about with, um, mm -hmm. what is the book? The book of waking up. We talk about that book a lot. That's it. That one is by um, Haynes, Seth Haynes. He... Uh, yeah, I mean, the whole book is about, well, I mean, let's, let's be honest. We all like, we all lash out from our wounds in different ways. And some are more socially acceptable than other ways. Um, and so for those of you who, and like, that are like me that have a really hard time figuring out, well, why was I triggered that way? Or why does this control me so much? Um, that book is really helpful. Um, he really goes through every, from like the spiritual to psychological to, I mean, just like every facet of that and helps you to figure out why are you so triggered to anger in that way? Um, why are you projecting your wounds onto people that don't deserve that? Um, you, you got to pick up that book guys. Um, I'm rereading it right now. Um, we might have started our journey towards health four or five years ago, however long that was. Probably like four, three, three or four, almost four. Mm -hmm. Four years ago. But man, we are still in process and there's still so much that even I, like I still project onto people that I just don't want to live to. Yeah, exactly. And I think when we're talking about this idea of healing, I think we just all need to realize and admit the fact that we are all people who need to be healed. We are all people, like you just said, 
We all have wounds. And, There's no one exempt from that. Yeah. Yeah. And we we are all in process. Um, but bringing, bringing to ourselves an awareness of it is so important, which is something I have been missing and am still missing as I am still in process. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but Dane Ortland writes this in his book, um, Gentle and Lowly. Uh, he says, you don't need to unburden or collect yourself and then come to Jesus. Your very burden is what qualifies you to come. No payment is required. He says, I will give you rest. His rest is a gift, not a transaction. Um, I read that quote because I think that a lot of times we feel like we can't come to Jesus wounded. We can't come to Jesus in process. The Bible does not teach that. No, no way. Um... Praise God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, you know, we, it's, it's the very idea that <clears throat> we, we don't have to collect ourselves and we don't have to, um, be, we don't have to be, you know, perfect people to come to Jesus at all. But, our wounds actually help us see that we need him mm-hmm. more than ever. Mm-hmm. So I am actually in process, and my journey really did start there at Oddly Correct with, with my pastor friend. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there, there's a lot of sides I think we can approach this idea of healing from. Um, it is important to realize that we are all, we are all wounded. Um, but but some physicalities are actually necessary too. Like there is physical messed upness in this world. Um, there is physical pain in this world. Like mm-hmm. like they just said they wrote that book because of their relational pain. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to be very open with the fact that people are broken. Things are broken. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I broke I broke my, my right hand skateboarding, my metacarpal, and they put a pole in it, and it's healing, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Stronger than ever. Actually, I like it because if I need to punch someone, you know, it's, it's really, it's firm. <laughs> but maybe, Elizabeth, if you would want to share a little bit about your process um, of healing that you've experienced. Yeah. I mean, so I've definitely had like the relational healing that's in process like this. We just, we can't reiterate enough how the word process and slow and over time, like these words all relate to healing. Um, it's not, I mean, sometimes God does heal in a moment, but Usually he heals slowly over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so for for me, I yeah. So physically, my body is healing at the moment from really just growing up, and, and we all were a part of this culture where we've accepted a lot of processed foods. Um, we don't eat our vegetables. We we're hurting our bodies. Like we're gonna end up. Um, 
Okay, that's a rabbit trail. <laughs> okay, so my personal story is I grew up on that and my body rejected it. So I started getting, um, once I got to be about 21, 22, 23, I would get um, really bad cystic acne, extreme foggy brain. Like I felt like mm. I was so depressed and I just like could barely maintain eye contact. I wasn't feeling like myself at all. Um, and that was just the start of my symptoms. And so then I slowly figured out that being gluten-free would help and that alleviated my foggy brain so I could see clear again. Yeah, and I really saw that too in you. Yeah. When, yeah. yeah, I saw a big difference. Yeah, and so that pain that surfaced, all of those symptoms, those side effects, um, that caused me to, to just be like, I got to figure out some answers. Like it caused me to like... Because I didn't want to keep living that way. That's how I felt. Like, that's how miserable I had. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, if this is life, I don't want any part of it. Mm -hmm. It sucked. And I'm I'm not saying your depression has anything to do with diet, but it could, and it's worth looking into. Totally. Um, because if it's that easy of a fix for you, mm -hmm. why would you not try? And if it's not go see a psychologist and get that medicine for that. But, um, mm -hmm. so, so then, so then that was good. That was a piece of the puzzle I figured out. And then as the years went on, my symptoms just, we had another baby, um, symptoms started coming back, weird things. Um, I'll probably, I'm going to write about it. So I won't go into all the details about it. Um, mm. But my foggy brain was coming back even though I was gluten-free, mm. even though we were eating slightly healthier. Um, and when we were here in Denver, so this is probably, this is three years, three years after, um, after I figured out I was gluten-free, uh, all my symptoms were coming back. And so something was really wrong. So I got these really intense labs done. And so my doctor, um, she's very thorough and is in alternative medicine. She was going through them and she was like, well, no wonder you have all the signs of someone who's exposed to toxic mold. And um, she put me through like this detox. And sure enough, that alleviated a lot more of my foggy brain again. And mm -hmm. I started to get more movement in my joints. And um, so that was another piece of the puzzle. And then recently, I got more labs done because something was still wrong. I'm gradually gaining weight for no reason, even though we were eating cleaner than ever before, healthier than ever before. And um, it turns out that my liver and my gallbladder is on overload and flagged. I mean, guys, this is just a process. Mm -hmm. And like, I, the reason that we're, we're sharing that part of that story is because, um, because when you can't see clearly, you can't even get down to like your relational healing. Like if you can't see clearly in mind physically, or if you, don't feel like yourself. Um, mm -hmm. You can't see beauty and you can't see God in different parts of life. Um, it's been a gift to have some clarity of mind, especially when I didn't have it for so long. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, you're still in process. I'm still in process. This is a long process. I think that, you know, the process of healing exists in order for us to grow closer uh, to His divine love. Yeah. The process of healing exists um, because He wants it to exist. Mm. And He will do whatever it takes to have all of us. I had a really great example of something like that. Um, well, something similar on a podcast, which was uh, interviewing Dane Ortland uh, for this book, Gentle and Lowly. But what he said was so interesting because he talked through how Christ is our head and we are his body. Uh-huh. Um, now think about that. Hmm. So Christ is our head. And we are his body. If we're wounded, if there's something wrong with Christ's body, Hmm. wouldn't he desire for it to be healed? Because we are his body. Right. We are his body. When something's messed up with my body, like right now I have hip problems. I don't know if they're hip problems. They're just like, it's just annoying me right now. And Elizabeth's trying to see a chiropractor. <laughs> but it, you know, that I know that is happening in my body, and it's very frustrating. And, and all I, I would be foolish not to want that to be healed. Um, in a much similar way, Jesus desires for his body to be, his broken body to be healed. Um, and so, yeah, as we serve all the different pieces of his church, as we are, you know, the church is his body. Um, he he is healing. He is healing his body, and it is a process. He really cares about your whole being. He really cares about it. Uh, that's a good. That's a good thing to say because I think yeah. a lot of people um, will dismiss will dismiss their body, and sort of think of it as just well, it's whatever. Like yeah. you know. You, you can. You can dismiss your physical health. Um, you can dismiss it, and what happened to me may never happen to you. Um, and you can still have Christ, but you could have more of Christ. Is that right to say? Maybe that's wrong of me to say. I'll think on that one. I don't think so. Um, I, I, just, I just mean, like, can you only imagine if you had more mental clarity? Can you only imagine... If you had more energy, um, not for your, I mean, yes, for your sake, Mm-mm. but like, yeah, I can't, I can't even begin to tell you how thankful I am to have more energy and to have more brain capacity to know him more. Mm. Um, I just want to make a slight transition from that thought um, to the earthly ministry of Jesus as we're thinking through healing. Guys, he really does care about your body. He, he wants it to be healed. Um, he really does care about all the intricate parts that are the pieces that are happening in your life. And he wants you to grow and he wants you to be in process so that you might know him further. Um, we see this go deeper, especially as we look in, into um, his earthly ministry, which I don't know if you're um, familiar with any of the Gospels. 
as you trek through the Gospels, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll encounter Jesus so low, so lowly, so gentle with everybody, especially those who know they're sick, especially with those who know that they need help, Mm -hmm. which is why I can be a Christian. Um, you, you should, uh, so everyone really needs to check out this book, Gentle and Lowly, because this is what I've been reflecting on in this book, and it's been so awesome. Mm. Um, but he writes here, and this will sort of give us a, a little help here, I think. But he writes, Jesus Christ's earthly ministry was one of giving back to undeserving sinners. Uh, sorry was one of giving back to undeserving sinners their humanity. We tend to think of the miracles of the Gospels as interruptions in the natural order. Yet German theologian Jürgen Moltmann points out that miracles are not an interruption of the natural order, but the restoration of the natural order. We are so used to a fallen world that sickness, disease, pain, and death seem natural. In fact, they are the interruption. Um, and then he quotes this guy here. When Jesus expels demons and heals the sick, he is driving out of creation the powers of destruction and is healing and restoring created being, beings who are hurt and sick. The lordship of God to which the healings witness restores creation to health. Jesus' healings are not supernatural miracles in a natural world, they are the only truly natural thing in a world that is unnatural, mm-hmm. demonized, and wounded. Um, in other words, it's very unnatural that we have to heal because wounds, um, those things were not, that we are not made to be wounded. We're made for God and we're made for eternity. But because of sin, my bad, sin, <laughs> which we dealt with this morning with our five-year-old. We've brought upon ourselves all that stuff. Um, I thought that was a good thing to think through, um, and especially as we think through this idea of Jesus' earthly ministry and how he handled, um, ha- how he handled the, the healings and things. Um, with the paralytic, I'm just going to go here really quick. But with the, whoops, sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. With the paralytic, um, yet again, Tim Keller's book, King's Cross. I'm just going to read this for us. And it's actually called Jesus is King. Jesus is King. With the healing of the paralytic. Yeah, Jesus is King. It's really confusing. Yeah. Um, Tim Keller writes here. uh, You see, at that moment, Jesus had the power to heal the man's body. And he's talking about the paralytic. If you're not familiar with the passage, you've got to check out Mark 2. Um, Jesus had the power to heal the man's body just as he has the power to give you that career success, that relationship, that recognition you've been longing for. He actually has the power and authority to give each of us what we've been asking for on the spot, no question asked. But Jesus knows that's not nearly deep enough. He knows that whether we're a paralyzed man lying on a mat or a struggling actor, or a former struggling actor who's become a celebrity. We don't need someone who can just grant our wishes. We need someone who can go deeper, someone who can go deeper than that. Someone 
who will use his claws lovingly and carefully to pierce our self-centeredness and remove the sin that enslaves us and distorts even our beautiful longings. In short, we need to be forgiven. That's the only way for our discontent to be healed. It will take more than a miracle worker or a divine genie. It will take a savior. I thought that was really helpful and good. Yeah, that part of the paralytical story is confusing why he forgave him first. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But if you're... Yeah, you, you should pick up the book, Jesus is King by Tim Keller, because, um, one, it's Tim Keller. <laughs> but number two is that the Gospels will come alive to you, like the healings will come alive to you, and it will make more sense than ever before. Um, it, it won't seem so voodoo or magic-y. Right. Ma- magic-y. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cool. Exactly. Um, it will, you'll, you'll see Christ's heart in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I love, I love how Keller takes it there and goes deeper with it, um, that we have a much, much deeper we have a much, much deeper problem than we think, mm-hmm. um, and that Jesus, you know, is the only one who's been able, who's taken care of that that issue. Um, especially as you look at Isaiah fifty-three, one of my favorite, one of my favorite chapters in all of Scripture, um, as he talks through the fact that he was wounded, um, by his wounds we are healed. Um, so yeah healing thanks for hanging out with us this has been a lot of fun just to sit and think about some of these things Um, we're not experts we're still in process Um, and we would you know um, if if you if you have any experiences that you're going through we'd love to hear from you Um, if you are if there's a process that you're involved with right now in healing um, please don't don't be afraid to to We would. Uh, This week, I think Elizabeth's going to write a blog on a bit of what she was sharing. Kind of like your story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the whole process. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Yeah, and we're just glad to be backing at it. So be on the lookout for a podcast next week. We're excited to uh, we're excited to share these things with you guys. Catch you later, guys. We will catch you guys on the flippity flip. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>